I remember thinking my mom was the toughest, unflappable woman on the planet until one day, I think when I was 14, I was already six foot or so, and I remember her and me having a chat. We were both good debaters. And I'll never forget her breaking down and just sobbing. She'd failed, I failed, I failed, I failed. It was a whole awakening for me that my mom had a heart that could be hurt. And I think it's good for kids to hit that age where you realize moms are not indestructible. And uh, from that point on, our relationship changed. And uh, because, well, I won't get into my past. I want to talk today about something that moms always talk to me about. I have the joy of walking the hallways as often as I can in between services and special services. And, And moms always want to know how to pray. They've had a situation with a child or husband or and they just want to know what can I do what can I do and so today I'm going to talk about mother's powerful prayers the Bible is very clear that prayer is not a begging God it's not pleading with God It's not even trying to get your faith to rise up on a graph, tell God, looks, measures you and goes, okay, fine, give it to her. It's something very different. The Bible teaches us that words are some of the most powerful things in the universe. That God's power, he uses words. In the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, John says. Genesis says 11 times, and God said. It doesn't say he waved. It doesn't say he snapped his fingers. It doesn't say a lightning strike built it. Words built it. And so today, I want to talk to you about words And the declarations that a mom can make every day, those declarations, those confessions, those prayers, all three words work and are used, are so powerful for the directing of your family, the results of your family, the surviving of the storms that will push at your family. We do not live in heaven yet. But we are a citizen now. And the very strength and abilities that God has given us are to be used on this planet. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Hebrews 3.1 says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Now, it doesn't say he's the high priest of our lives, although he is. It doesn't say he's the high priest of our kids, he is. It doesn't say he's the high priest of our marriage, although he is. It's very clear that he's the high priest 
of your confession. Therefore, his job is to stand before the Father and make sure that the promises that you speak and declare in faith over your life come to pass and that the enemy has no right to stop them. It says in Hebrews 4 and verse 14, seeing then that we have this high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast. It doesn't say to a good life. It doesn't say hold fast to your prayer. It doesn't say hold fast to a good marriage. It doesn't say hold fast to the word. It says hold fast to your confession. Something that so many believers miss or they have tried and haven't realized that faith is a heart issue. And that as you begin to speak, pray, declare, confess the promises of God over your children, moms and grandmothers, your husbands, careers, protection, that those words that you speak are oversighted by Jesus himself as the high priest of your confession. Hebrews chapter 13 the middle of verse 5 and verse 6 is an astounding scripture. It says, For he himself has said, speaking of God, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Okay, that verse right there just covered every promise on the planet. He has said that I will boldly say. He said I will boldly say. He has said I will boldly say. You cannot separate these two. You must boldly say what he has said. And he is the high priest of your confession. So prayer is not begging, bugging, pleading. Prayer is not you know, crying and, and weeping. Although we know that when we pray from that deep hurt, he's counting the tears in our eyes. I get that. But somehow Christians have thought that I just got to convince God. But the Bible says very clearly, and we're going to see this, that he's already given us all things. We must speak the word of God. I have done something for today just for the moms. I don't know if you got a camera if you can see this, but if you go to Instagram or Facebook, I'm going to give you seven points and you don't have to take notes. Every point is there on Instagram or Facebook. You can follow along. You can have it there. Save it. Send it to friends on Mother's Day or your grandmother, whoever's not here. And I want to give you today seven things that you can be praying now, they're not about your kids or your husband. They're about you. You see, moms have a problem. And their problem is they don't think about themselves much. And so, I've put together just seven of the thousands that you have access to. And I simply want to go one, two, three, four. I'm going to show you how I would say it in my own words because to take a promise and put it into your own words is to own it. Whereas just to read a scripture can, if you're not careful, become just vain repetition. Planes have an interesting uh, 
concept that they share before you take off. They say this, if anything happens in the air and masks drop out of the ceiling and dangle in front of you, you are not to put it on your children first. That will go against the grain of every mom in that plane. And although this rarely happens, the reason is, is that at certain heights, that if that cabin decompresses and there's not enough oxygen at the heights that plane is flying, that you can go unconscious. And then you're not going to help any of your kids. So what do you do? You put your mask on first. And then you can reach out and help. That's what today is about. I want you to put your mask on first. I want you to sense and know who you are, who you is, what you can do. And these seven verses give kind of a well-rounded look for those who have done this for years. It's a great reminder for so many who just say, yeah, I knew that. I don't, it doesn't matter what you know, it's what you do. And so moms, I'm going to dive in. It's on the big screen, but it's also there on your, on social media. Here we go. Number one. You need to speak with your mouth and say, I live my life with health, strength, and joy because of what God has given me in Jesus. And then you would say, that's how I go, because the word says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, and then I just read that promise. I find that it's making a confession from God's word because the word says, and then reading the promise, it just gets planted in your heart. It gets rooted in your heart. And faith is a process. You don't try this. That's like somebody who said, hey, if you work out, you can get really strong. Oh, I tried that in January. It doesn't work. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's why January they sell so many memberships to gyms. That didn't work for me. Yeah, we know. I live my life. Take the word of God and personalize it because that is when it does something powerful in your life and make it present tense and future tense. I live my life with health, strength, and joy because of what God has given to me in Jesus. Number two, my youth and energy are renewed by his presence because it says in Psalms 103 verse 5 he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles this will be a lot of your favorite promise I've noticed over the years that there are no those who know how to meditate in the word connect at the heart level with the word and speak in faith and something is different about them when others get old and crotchety there's youthfulness about them. There's something about them that just rises up with an adventurous life. And the Bible's clear that although the inner man is renewed day by day, the outer man is perishing. So everybody's body is perishing and getting old until we get to heaven. However, the Bible says your youth can be renewed. And I've seen people delay it pretty good. I've seen people, because of the joy, the peace of God in their lives, there's an energy about them, a joy about them. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. Now that word quicken is the zoe life of God, which means it brings this renewing of health, like in your younger years. 
In the Old Testament, both Abraham and Isaac had wives that who in their 80s and 90s, the kings living around there still wanted them. And they had a harem of women because they were so beautiful. There is something about the word of God that affects the mind, the emotions, and it affects the physical body, my youth, energy renewed by his presence. Number three, peace and joy are powerful forces in my life needs to be spoken. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. It doesn't come just because you say it. It's getting it in your heart and believing it. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Peace. People think peace is just a feeling. But he said to his disciples, when you enter a home, on your missionary journeys, as you're an evangelist outreaching. He said, say, peace be on this house. And he said, your peace will take over the house. And if the owner of the house rejects it because they're the owner, it comes back to you. It shows us, and I can give you tons of verses, that the presence of God is not a feeling. It is a tangible presence. There's something about this peace that touches that home and it will live in that home and if it doesn't it'll follow you the enemy wants our homes to have the peace removed where there is peace ah, oh, there's rest we live in a world where leaders our leaders know that in order to control people you must use fear. There's no other way to control people but with fear. And then you have some kind of quick answer they grab at if you can get them into fear. Because God never created any human being to be controlled. They're not to be controlled. They are to be free. And that freedom, okay, is for them to get up and hear God for themselves, make decisions for themselves, know his presence, know his peace. So where there is peace, fear cannot get a hold. Jesus said, he has nothing in me in talking about the devil. He had none. In other words, put it in our modern day vernacular. He has no hold. There is no crack. There's nothing he can grab in me. Nothing. It's nothing in me. Filled with peace. So to declare I have peace in my home as a mom, a grandmother, is so crucial. And joy, you know, I found out over the years that a lot of my friends are dead. Dead before they hit 23, 24. Seven or eight of them. And so many of them just didn't find this joy that only Jesus can bring. And they went looking for it in a bottle, in drugs, in sex, in all sorts of things, and, and lost their lives. Where there is joy, the world has nothing to offer your kids. They have nothing to offer them. I remember one time I had to see a dentist, and he couldn't freeze me for some reason. And so, I mean, you know how that feels. Sorry to all the dentists, I'm hurting business. But, I mean, that electric jolt when I said, it's not frozen, I've given you this, man, it's frozen. No, cap it, cap it. And I just walked out, he was so rough with me. And uh, so I phoned up another dentist and said, listen, here's my problem, they can't freeze me on this tooth, I need it worked on. He goes, ah, pop by, I'm gonna give you a prescription. So he gave me this prescription, he said, just take two of these. Come see me. I'll fix your tooth. Don't drive. <laughs> I said, okay. 
So Sal and I are at home and I'm about to go to see this dentist. And just little things, just teeny little pills. I threw in two and she goes, Leon, phone your dad. Phone your dad for a ride. I said, Pfft. I said, they always exaggerate, you know. <laughs> so I'm watching some TV and uh, I get up and I start to walk and the floor starts to move a little bit. And I can see a shimmer on the outside window and Sally's looking at me saying, sit down. And so I sat down, we called my dad, and uh, so he's driving me to the dentist. And I said, you know, Dad, this is the first time I think I've been high. <laughs> and you know what I said? The joy that I have in Christ is way better. I just feel a little bit numb. I said, but before I had a joy that, uh, that's way better than this. Having a peace and a joy in your home is a tangible presence of God, and it's crucial. The world has nothing to offer when we know. I mean, it doesn't anyway, but when children and teenagers and family know there's a joy, there's a peace. Number four, I receive God's personal guidance, and he leads me to good things. Some people believe that God might lead you to bad things to teach you something. There's no scripture to back that up. In life, you're just going to have some stuff to deal with, and he's going to help you. If you build a boat, the water's going to test it. Build a plane, gravity's going to test it. Uh, we live in a world where there's an enemy, and everything you try to succeed with, from your marriage to your mind, your emotions, your finances, your health, this, this world's going to test it. God has no need to grab you and to give you more battles to teach you something. His word is, is how he teaches you. So God doesn't lead you into bad things. Now, our world's full of them enough already. So it says, I receive God's personal guidance. Because it says in John 10, 3, that the sheep hear his voice and he calls his sheep by name. Leon. Yes, Lord. You just sense it from deep inside sometimes. You know, and, and sometimes it's so strong, I feel like Samuel going, who, who called me? And it's just deep inside this sense of him directing me personally. And moms, he'll direct you for, through things that you never, ever did before. I remember one of my moms in my arguments, she was trying to, to kind of uh, supplicate to my tender side. He said, Lynn, I've, you're the first teenager I've ever had. You're the first one. I don't know anything about raising teenagers. And of course, I said, of course you don't. I can tell. <laughs> my mom needs a medal, believe me. He leads us by name. He helps us raise kids. He helps us to handle situations you never knew you'd ever be in. And maybe no one could even show you what you're dealing with. But he will guide you through it by name. So personally and so precisely that you never have to worry that where will I get any information to get myself through this. Number five. I have no fear. But a spirit of power. A spirit of love. And a sound, disciplined mind with healthy emotions. Second Timothy chapter 1 and 7 teaches us that. Have you noticed that when fear comes, and it's usually attached to something that is plausible, okay? I'm not afraid of being eaten by broccoli. It's just kind of an unreasonable fear, okay? So... It's always attached to something that's plausible. But when a spirit of fear comes in, it torments. And fear and faith cannot both exist at the same time in your heart. 
So fear will cost you your miracle. And leaders who bring fear, they know that's where they can control people. So I have no spirit of fear, but I have a spirit of power. Listen to me, moms and grandmothers. There is nothing wimpy or weak about you. Nothing. You have a spirit of power when you know Christ. And it's important to declare it so it gets flowing out of your life and convincing your mind. And then it says, in a spirit of love, this love that values things, this love that never fails, this love that rises up and makes everything bow, this love and a disciplined, sound mind. We live in a world where everything is after the mind. Video is after the mind. Sound is after the mind. Everything is after the mind. They'll, you know, why can you watch a movie where you know it's all made up? That's not even the guy's wife, but a sad thing happens. You got tears in your eyes as you're watching two fakers act it out. Why is that? Because what you see, what you hear, and what you say, say are the three gateways to your mind. And so I declare, I don't have the spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power. This needs to be spoken in the morning when you first get up. Take these seven and speak them at bedtime before you go to bed. Number six. My family and I walk in divine protection always. Psalms 91 and verse 10 to 12 says so. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. He's going to give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. So my family and I walk in divine protection always. If I was to ask for a show of hands here amongst the believers and say to people, hey, how many here have had something happen to you where you have no idea how you weren't killed in that traffic mishap? You have no idea why your life wasn't snuffed out. It would be an explosion because we have all seen this protection that has taken place. My family and I walk in divine protection always. Something that needs to be spoken over family and children. And number seven, I walk with his strength through every day his strength because isaiah 40 31 says they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they're going to mount up with the wings as eagles they're going to run and not be weary they're going to walk and not faint let me talk you know one of the things i've noticed in traveling in, in our church and in many places is there seems to be an attack on women when it comes to energy i see it everywhere fighting for energy things that push at them and, and they don't know why. I don't know how many people I've talked to. And, and they, don't, they don't know what it is, but I can't seem to rebuild my energy. They've tried this, I've gone this, I've gone to this person, that person has been adjusted, been to natural past, been to doctors. You know, and, I'm not saying, and they're all good, by the way. But here there's something interesting that is being said in this verse, that you will mount up with wings as eagles. Now, have you ever seen eagles flap their wings? Pretty rare. You just see them literally doing nothing locked out and it's the wind that goes into the, to the wings of this eagle now you'll see a crow flap away you'll see a, a chicken flap away but not an eagle eagles fly higher than most any birds at all and they seem to sense the lift 
of the currents, the, the warm air that's lifting, and they'll just seek them out, and they just seem to love, just wings out, and they'll just find these, and just ride them up. Did you know that the same word for wind in the Bible is the word for the Spirit, the Spirit of God? And so when it says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint, it's not talking about your ability. It's talking about the life of God, the wind of his spirit flowing into your life. And you begin to sense and feel this lift as supernatural energy and strength. How many times in the Bible is the word strength that he is my strength. And it means, it means that he's my energy. He's my physical strength, my mental strength, my emotional strength, my relational strength. This strength that comes from God, it needs to be spoken. And so this seventh one, I walk with his strength through every day. We didn't come to this planet to exist. And we're on a planet that has got disease and sickness and chemicals and everything imaginable and an enemy of our souls. And we're not in heaven yet, but thank God we are a citizen of heaven right now, even before we make it there. And it says there that we can determine our lives. It says, whatever, it says that whatever you bind is bound, whatever you loose is loosed. In other words, there's authority in us and we must speak his word. Here are seven seven powerful, and there's thousands more. What I have found in my life, and I think you'll find too, is that as you begin to speak his word, you'll begin to read the Bible and a verse will jump out at you and you'll want to say it out loud and bring it into your life. A friend of my dad's, Pastor Atchison, somehow caught gangrene in his feet one foot, I'm sorry. And they were trying to save it. And it was getting worse and worse. And he was just meditating and, and praying. And one day he's just reading through the word. He found this verse. And thy foot shall not be taken. <laughs> well, this verse jumped off the page at him. And he started to declare that over his body. And... This miracle was pretty amazing as he shared it everywhere he went because they had, you know what, a gangrenous foot, well, maybe it looks like, I mean, it turns blue and then it just turns black and it's dead. There's no blood circulation. They just cut it off because it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill the rest of your body. And pink began to erode out the blue and the black and his toes and everything. And he walked out of there in a number of months and it just shocked the doctors. And he just said, when this verse came alive in my spirit, I couldn't stop saying it, singing it, because it's God's promises. As you study his word and read his word, these promises come alive. And because Jesus on the cross qualified you for these promises, when you speak his promises, people say, how do I pray? Find a promise and speak it out over your life. Moms, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, when you start to pray and speak God's word, hell trembles. Hell trembles. I say this pretty much every year somewhere. The only difference between a pit bull and a praying mom is lipstick. <laughs> and the enemy knows it. They won't stop. And so today, to all the mothers, 
Here seven potent scriptures that work in family, relationships, and home. And they'll lift you up with energy. They'll lift you up with strength and healing and protection for you and your family so that you can be what it is you want to be to each of them. Being a, a grandmother is interesting. You know, when a child grows up, the Bible says children obey your parents. It doesn't say adults <laughs> obey your parents. I just set somebody free. Thank me later. <laughs> but it does say honor your father and mother. We've, we're never done our role as parents, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, that this wisdom, this prayer, this sense of God about you, and as you speak the word. Last thought, the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. I've discovered who I speak the word over, who, when I gather promises and I begin to speak his promises, that the love of God gets shed abroad in my heart for them and in their heart for me. And as I pray for people, it's like our love grows for each other. And so it's, an, it's a powerful thing to begin to speak his promises over situations. Maybe children that have left home. Situations that, that begin to take place where you're hoping God bring them back. Praying and speaking the word over them causes the love of God to be shed abroad in your heart, in their heart. And this, this attraction, this coming together, there's going to be a meeting that takes place as you learn to speak his word and pray. I want to say to the moms and the grandmothers of our church, you are so powerful. You're so powerful. We live in a world that there are some who are prejudiced towards women. I didn't have a chance because every woman in my life is so powerful. I don't know how anybody even thinks that. Not only is my mom and my wife, but then I had four daughters. And I'm just in awe of the women in our church. To watch grandmothers and great-grandmothers walk with such honor the hallways and smile. And to see their daughters and their granddaughters being amazing moms. Like literally stand on the shoulders of one generation with the knowledge they've accumulated and received. And be even better. That's the hope. The Bible says, as we sang in the song, he'll bless you to a thousand generations. If within a century, we know there's at least three generations that will live within a century and more, it still works out to how many centuries of blessing. I was reading an article, I believe Marilyn Hickey, uh, a woman of God, wrote this book and in it, she had followed, she had found this family who refused to serve God and then followed their generations with no God. And it was like murderers and rapists and prostitutes and, and just the whole family when it is such hurt and how many died young and etc. And then she followed another couple in the same um, time period who had made a stand for God and, and served him and taught their children. And she followed their lineage as it all went out, who they married, and how many 
vice presidents and pastors and leaders in their communities uh, down through. And she was just trying to show the favor and the blessing of God for the decades and the centuries that they were able to track these two lineages. It's a powerful thing when the Bible teaches us that one generation will teach another generation about the goodness of God. That's the importance. Well, my time is up. I want to pray over every woman in this auditorium over the age of 16. We just want to pray a blessing over you. And if you wouldn't mind, every woman over the age of 16, would you just stand to your feet and give them a hand as they stand? We love you so much. I'm going to get in agreement with every person that is sitting. It'll be your loved ones, maybe husbands, children. But we want to pray over you. Would you stretch out a hand towards someone near you? Father, today we thank you as a church for the amazing women that we have in our midst. We know they are a target for the enemy because of their love because they hold our families in their hands with such power and tenacity. And Satan hates families. So we speak healing over their bodies right now in Jesus' name. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in them. And so we pray that it would quicken every organ, every cell. That the life of God, not just their earthly life, but this supernatural life, would flow in every area. We pray right now that, Father, over minds, wherever there have been broken hearts that maybe have never mended, we ask you to touch and heal broken hearts. We pray where one has been beaten down by the affairs of life and the things that go on, that, Father, hope would arise within them today. That, Father, we stand in agreement for the presence of God upon their homes, their lives, their bodies, their relationships. That, Father, you would raise them up and that at every age they be, continue to be such a phenomenal blessing. We thank you for them and we speak favor and blessing over them in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Give them a hand as they're seated. Thank you so much.